The answer is black and white. Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, Dr. Johnny here, and welcome to Pushback. You know, I learned my lesson a few months back that I can't record these podcasts too far in advance, and I've gotten in the habit now of recording these about the day before I release them uh, because of the current events that have been rolling in uh, so rapidly and amazingly. Um, wow, what am I going to talk about today? Uh, there are so many things uh, that have happened recently. And uh, I have the, I guess, privilege to sort through some of these to talk about with you. Little did I know when I started this back in January that there would be so many cultural topics that have come to the forefront uh, over and over and over again just in these last six months. It is making my head spin for sure. So you never have to feel sorry for me that I have nothing to talk about, no topics of interest. Um, all I have to do is uh, pay attention to what's happening in this world and there are plenty of things to talk about, rich cultural truths that I believe are ever-present. Uh, obviously this week, the death of George Floyd uh, and the, the brutality by the police department uh, in his arrest and apprehension uh, just sent shockwaves uh, over not only my neck of the woods where this happened right here in our back door, uh, in our backyard uh, in Minneapolis, but all around the nation for sure. Uh, but before I get into that, uh, I want to just quickly give you a COVID update uh, and just a uh, piece of advice. Uh, we There has been uh, a lot of relaxation now of some of the quarantine and uh, um, the shutting down of a lot of businesses are now coming back open. And I just want to share with you a doctor's perspective that this is not the time to uh, start relaxing your own personal precautions. In fact, I believe it's actually time to increase your precautions. Expect to see an increase uh, in, in the rise of uh, outbreaks of, of COVID for a couple of reasons. Firstly, there's going to be an increase just because we're testing better now a lot more availability, and the tests are coming back quicker. So there's going to be a higher number because more people are being tested. Uh, so don't necessarily be overly alarmed at the number of people with COVID. Again, I would pay attention to the severity and the deaths as the most important number uh, as, as people are being affected by this. Uh, but as we now begin to relax some of the the restrictions on us as a society, this is actually time for us to be more vigilant about taking care of ourselves, social distancing, washing hands, wearing a mask where appropriate, uh, because now the 
virus is going to have more opportunity to replicate uh, in and through each other. Uh, so just make sure that you are being very vigilant about this. Don't uh, confuse the, the relaxation of restrictions uh, with some abating of the virus. That's not necessarily what we're seeing. There has been a flattening, which has been good and, and promising and hopeful, uh, but that's because of a lot of the restrictions that have been placed. Uh, now that those are being relaxed, uh, we have to be even more careful. Uh, so that is my word of advice to you. I know that it's kind of become a way of life now, uh, but I just sometimes people have been confused in the fact that, oh, restrictions have been relaxed. That must mean that the virus is less uh, effective, less dangerous, uh, less prevalent. Not necessarily the case. But let's get to hand about what has happened this week in my wonderful state of Minnesota. And it hasn't been Minnesota nice, that's for sure. Uh, we were shocked and horrified uh, to find out about the death of George Floyd uh, after being apprehended by uh, police officers on May 25th, uh, just earlier this week. Uh, and the outrage following his death uh, has been understandable. Uh, there has been an aftermath uh, of this as well, uh, and I, I really believe it's a separate issue. Uh, it's grabbed the attention, of course, of the news media, the riots and the looting and the things that have been happening in Minnesota and, and in many other states as well. Uh, there's a there's an irony uh, in all of what has happened afterwards because it's really resulted in the opposite, I believe, of what people are think that they might be fighting for uh, because answering lawlessness with lawlessness actually shows the need for law enforcement. And those, uh, even like me, who uh, would want to maybe even protest or be part of the solution, it's not safe to even go and stand with those who feel victimized. Think about the irony of that. And attention is drawn towards the, the rioters and the looters rather than the victim, George Floyd, his family, and justice. But I am not going to be distracted by the aftermath in this podcast, except for the two minutes that I just shared those things with you. I'm going to stay focused on the real topic. And the real topic, of course, is about racism and the, the pain that we have in our nation. You know, the goal of my podcast is to discuss cultural aspects uh, of society, the things that work well and the things that are broken. Now, you would think that after decades of civil rights and evolving attitudes towards one another and the obvious melting pot that is America, that race and racism would continue to get better and better. But it seems that there's no real progress and there's just as much anger and finger pointing and pain and prejudice as always. So the conclusion has to be what we are doing isn't working. So the tolerance training that we're getting in grade school, elementary school, and through our public school training isn't working. Liberal universities and their tolerance training, it isn't working. In this podcast, we need to discuss the why. What is our role as Christian families in society to actually bring healing and more importantly, change the narrative. Like the way that we even talk about racism. 
We need to change the narrative. See, people groups fighting against people groups and having prejudice towards one another has been prevalent all throughout human history. Ever since Cain and Abel, there has been there has been battle. There's been battles against each other, and there's been the war of enmity, and it came from sin. And my friend, friends, I'm happy to report that ever since sin entered the world and the chaos that has ensued one person toward another, it's not the new order of things, it's the out of order of things. See, the Father set a perfect plan into place in the garden, and because we sinned and walked away, it actually took his perfect order out of order. And we turned our back on his perfect plan. And the result of that has been hatred, has been prejudice, has been pain towards one another and people groups. It's the result of sin and evil on this earth. It's, it's been prevalent forever. Even in, in Jesus' time, there was the Jews and the Samaritans. Even my parents' generation, they battled with prejudice towards the Germans and the Italians and the Japanese after the aftermath of World War II. And more recently, even our attitudes towards Arabs and Muslims after 9-11. And of course, the relationships between black and whites ever since the founding of our nation right up to this week. It doesn't seem to be getting better. We see it even increasing, not decreasing, even in our political realm, in the, in the talk of our politicians. There has been this identity politics. Identity politics, here we go, is sometimes referred to as identitarianism. How about that for many syllables? It's a political approach and analysis based on people prioritizing the concerns most relevant to their racial, religious, ethnic, sexual, social, cultural, or other identities, and forming exclusive political alliances with others of this group. Instead of removing boundaries that, that, that separate us, we're actually doubling down on it, and, and, we're, and we're huddling into groups rather than being seen as Americans. This just happened also this week. Vice President and, ho and presidential hopeful Joe Biden on Friday told, told a black radio host that if the host can't decide whether to vote for Biden or Trump, then he ain't black. The, the politicians are actually doubling down on the racial identity politics. It was a completely careless thing to say. I know I don't try to dabble in politics, but, but this is extremely important. And I'm just going to go on the record to say that was an idiotic thing to say. And it actually shows and demonstrates how, how the African-American community in America have been taken for granted, even by political groups. They have been pawns in a chess game uh, of a, as a voter block rather than being seen as fellow Americans and being treated humanly. It was an ugly statement with ugly repercussions. So what is the key what do we do as, as Christian families in America? 
What do we do to help to bring healing and hope to this generation that we live in? When we turn on the news, we feel hopeless as, as we see rioters and angry, and angry people flooding the streets. The key, as always, is truth and identity. Truth and identity about the topic of racism and about ourselves. So what is the truth about this topic? Well, of course, at the very heart and root of what is happening is evil. As I've discussed many times, even over the last couple of weeks on my podcast, the enemy wants to destroy us. Now, remember, our battle is never flesh and blood. I know that's hard to hear, especially when we, when we see a video of a police officer with his knee on someone's neck. It shakes us to the core, but make no mistake about it. It's evil influences in that man, in that officer, and in our nation. Remember, remember, the job description of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. What have we seen this week? We've seen stealing, killing, and destruction. That's what we've been seeing. The enemy has done well this week. But we are his people, and we need to rise up. Truth and identity. So what's the truth? We go to the word of God. It's, it's the ultimate truth. It's his word. It's his realm of truth in which he lives. And this is what it says in Acts 17, 26. And he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. <laughs> Whoa, now wait a minute. That's real. That's powerful. Let me read it again. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. My friends, we as Christians need to remove every aspect of racism because this is what we believe, because this is what the Bible says. We are all descendants of Adam and Eve. Every one of us, every person that ever has walked on this planet, and subsequently, <laughs> Noah and his children. Everyone. We are all descendants of Noah and his children. Now, evolution is going to give you a different story. But, hmm, maybe that's why this isn't working. As the next generation is being taught that we are actually evolving down different trees of, raci of racisms, of racial inequalities. It's what Darwin believed. You don't hear that very often, do you? Darwin believed that the races that we see on this earth are actually different evolutionary trees. And some races are higher evolved than others. That's what he believed. That's what Hitler believed. He believed the Aryan race was a higher evolved race. And guess what it resulted in? Genocide, racism, prejudice. Maybe evolution is part of the problem. Maybe what our children are being taught in school and in colleges are actually propagating, are actually pouring gasoline on the fire of prejudice. Is it possible? I believe it's a certainty. 
See, we have to understand that we are all descendants of Adam and of Noah. Every one of us. See, black people aren't black. If you put a piece of black construction paper up next to a face of a black person, he is going to be, he or she will be brown. They are a shade of brown. They aren't black. If you're watching me on YouTube right now, I'm holding a white sheet of paper to my face. Guess what? I'm not white. <laughs> I'm brown. I'm also a shade of brown, a different shade of brown. We are all various shades of brown. <laughs> and I can promise you this, that Adam and Eve were most likely medium brown. And every person that has been born on this earth since Adam and Eve and subsequently Noah have been a certain shade of brown. See, what makes our skin have color? It's something called melanin. Let me read you about melanin. Melanin is the pigment that gives human skin, hair, and eyes their color. Dark-skinned people have more melanin in their skin than light-skinned people have. Melanin is produced by cells called melanocytes. It provides some protection against skin damage from the sun, and the melanocytes increase their production of melanin in response to sun exposure. Fun fact, freckles, which occur in people of all races, are small, concentrated areas of increased melanin production. There's nothing that distinguishes us along racial lines in our skin. We are all just different shades of brown. And that is what we should see in, gene in the genetic shuffling of humankind. So let's talk about genetics. There was a human genome project just a few years back that actually began to explore some of these questions about race. And they were expecting to see about five evolutionary trees of different types of races that you could see and map genetically. Guess what? It's not what they saw at all. The conclusion of the Human Genome Project is that there is only one race, the human race. And yes, we can divide ourselves up into different geographical locations. We tend to migrate towards people who are, are that we are alike. But, the, but there is no evidence that the groups we commonly call races have distinct, unifying, genetic identities. That was the conclusion of science, of the Human Genome Project. In fact, there's ample variation within races. Listen to this. Ultimately, there is so much ambiguity between the races and so much variation within them that two people of European descent may be more genetically similar to an Asian person than they are to each other. The human race. Boy, that lines up really well with the Bible. That we all are genetically one big family. There is only one race, the human race. That lines up with the Bible, truth, and our identity. See, my friends, the answer for hate and lines drawn between us is our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God and our identity as true brothers and sisters. We are true brothers and sisters historically. We're true brothers and sisters 
biblically. We are true brothers and sisters spiritually, and we are true brothers and sisters genetically. <laughs> that is the facts. And the only thing that is black and white is the certainty of my position. <laughs> I am certain that this is true. To defeat racism, we need to change the narrative. We need to change the way that we speak about one another. And when people bring up races, we need to quickly respond, there are no races. There is only one race, the human race. Could that alone make the difference? It's possible. It's possible that it might. I, I understand that this doesn't change the injustice, both now, what happened this week, or in our human history. But I believe we have an answer for the future. We are one blood. If we look at the person standing across from us, even though they may look different, a different shade of brown, <laughs> but we see them as our brother, we see them as a sister, we see them as one blood, genetically one race. If we see them that way, I believe it's a key to healing. And the answer is, is that we were created in the image of the almighty God. All of us. And he loves us all equally, enough to die for us, enough to, to shed his blood to overcome the sin and the enmity that happened at the beginning of time so that we can have healing between us and, 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 and the people groups. I understand that there are, different, there are different ethnicities, there are different cultural ways that we approach life, but at the, at the end of the day, we are all created in his image. What would happen if we as Christian families understood that truth and we actually ran with it? that we would actually go to these places of hurt and division and pain and start changing the narrative? What would happen if we turn to our politician and say, stop categorizing us into different groups, but tell us, speak to us as brothers and sisters and as Americans? What would happen if we rose up and demanded it? I think things would change. It starts with us. It starts with the words that come out of our mouth. It starts in the, the way that we treat people and the attitudes, attitudes that we have. We as Christians need to be the least racist people in the world as we embrace everyone and love them all equally, just as Jesus did and just as Jesus does. So I challenge you, my friends, take hold of this. Don't be discouraged, but be the answer that our society needs. So now, let's go together and set and move the culture. <laughs>